0: The following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. Glad you're here this morning. I'm glad to be here this morning. We uh, want to welcome you to CCF. Um, I am not the pastor of this church. If you're visiting with us this morning, Pastor Tim is in the States right now. And he will be back uh, about around the 1st of October. So, during uh, Pastor Tim's absence over these last several weeks, why, it's been a great opportunity to have several men in the church come up and share God's word. And last week, Dan, Dan and I are both elders here at the church, and and uh, Dan brought a a fantastic message last week, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to say to us this morning. Well, I want to begin this morning's message by telling you a story. what I want you to do is I want you to listen very carefully to this story. Because when I'm done, I want you to be able to tell me what is going to be the theme of the message this morning. So we're going back to fifth and sixth grade, you know, where we have listening comprehension. So so we're going to see how your listening comprehension, uh, if you learned that in the fifth and sixth grade. So here's the story. See how you do with it. There once was this neighborhood that was worried about crime because they had a number of homes in the neighborhood that were broken into. In some ways, it wasn't all a bad thing. In fact, they called the robber the gentleman bandit because he would not leave much of a mess after he robbed your home and often would leave a note saying this, I'm sorry I had to do this. I apologize." But if you knew my situation, you would understand. I hope I didn't disturb your home too much. That doesn't sound too bad, does it? Well, one night, in the middle of the night, this gentleman bandit dropped a jewelry box in a master bedroom. The startled couple set up in the bed, turned on the light, and saw the robber. The robber said, Oh no, this is horrible. I've been trying to be kind and gracious, but now I'm going to have to shoot both of you because you have seen my face. He looked at the woman, pulled out his gun, and he said, Tell me what your name is. I ought to at least know who you are before I shoot you. Very nervously she said, My name is Elizabeth. Oh, this is great. Really great, he says. Now you're really messing me up. My grandmother's name was Elizabeth. There's no way I can shoot you. I don't know how I'm going to take care of this. Then he looked at the guy and he said, what's your name? And the guy said, my name is Bob, but all my friends call me Elizabeth. Laughter Okay, now you had to get something spiritual out of that story, so if you were to guess, what would you think would be the theme of of today's message? Just give me some ideas of what you heard from this story. Anything. Thief in the night. Power of the name. I'm sorry? Safe in Jesus' name. Wow, see, now you're helping me. Now i got a lot more messages I can preach from this story. (laughs) Actually, what we are going to, to look at this morning, we are going to look at worry, anxiety. I want to ask you a question this morning, and very seriously. Are there things we should be worried about? Really, I mean, in your life, are there things that you really should be worried about? We look at the situation right here in this country right now. What's going on in Bangkok? Is that something we should be worried about? I need to make a trip to Bangkok. And I keep putting it off because of the things going on down there. What about your family? I've got a a son who's a senior. Next year is going to be possibly going back to the States and to college. He's going to be 10,000 miles away. We're going to be over here. Whole new culture. Third culture kids. We know what they call our missionary kids. Is that a legitimate worry? You know, seriously, are there things we should be worried about? You know, oftentimes we, I think we like to say, well, I'm concerned about it. But, you know, is that really what's going on? Is there a time or a point when we cross over from being concerned to being anxious or worrying about that problem? Well, I want to look at that this morning. There are things in our lives and in this world that cause us to be anxious, that maybe cause us to worry. And when we do worry, oftentimes it comes when there's trouble or disappointment or some kind of broken dream or some issue that is beyond our ability to manage or control or fix or resolve. And we can get an idea of some of these types of situations from the life of Paul. Paul. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 21 through 28. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look real quickly at the life of Paul here. Paul, here in this passage of Scripture, is being challenged about his sincerity his sacrifice, and his commitment. And on a rare occasion, Paul lists all the things that have happened to him while defending or demonstrating that he really is committed to what he is doing. And I'm going to read from the message this morning because I really like what it says here. I'm going to begin in verses 20, verse 21. Since you admire the egomaniacs of the pulpit so much, Remember, this is your old friend, the fool, talking. Let me try my hand at it. Do they brag of being Hebrews, Israelites, the pure race of Abraham? I'm their match. Are they servants of Christ? I can go them one better. I can't believe I'm saying these things. It's crazy to talk this way. But I started and I'm going to finish. I've worked much harder, been jailed more often. Beaten up more times than I can count, and at death's door time after time. I've been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes. Beaten by Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling year in and year out. I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long and lonely night without sleep. Many a missed meal. Blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. What a, what a message from Paul. What a, a, a litany of the things that he has gone through. Paul has been through a boatload of trials here. There are a lot of issues that are going on in his life, a lot of things that would and probably should create stress in his life, a lot of things that would cause him to be anxious or to worry. This morning there are many of us who can probably identify with some of the things that Paul has just talked about here. And the question is, Where are we at? Are these things causing stress and worry in our lives? What I want to do now is turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And this is going to be our our main verse this morning. Verses 6 through 7 and 8. Because here in, in Philippians, in a different setting and in a different time, Paul writes these words. He says this, do not be anxious about anything. Isn't that amazing? After all that Paul has been through, look what Paul says at the very beginning of that verse. He says, do not be anxious about what? Nothing. Nothing. Anything. And I've got to ask you, is Paul nuts? <laughs> I mean, seriously. How can he say that? Because the truth is, if we had taken the time this morning, we could have listed a lot of things to be anxious about. If we wanted to get very personal, we could talk about the stuff right now that is going on in your life that is causing anxiety or stress or worry for you. Things that you are caught up in right now, right in the midst here this morning. So how in the world could Paul write these words after all, we just read some of the things that happened in his life back in 2 Corinthians. And by the time we get to his writing here in Philippians, things have not slowed down for Paul at all. And we know that. There are still a lot of things that he has no control over. Things that could be creating stress in his life. You remember the song from the 70s, Don't Worry, Be Happy? How many of you here remember that song? Right? Okay, <laughs> Hey, even some of the young guys back there remember that. Well, you know, the guy that wrote that song was almost certainly on some kind of psychedelic drug. <laughs> I mean, he had to be out of touch with reality, right? I mean, everyone in the 60s and 70s was that way. Wait a minute, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> anyway, I wonder about Paul when he said, Don't be anxious about anything. All those shipwrecks must have caused him to lose touch with reality. (laughs) Wouldn't you think? I mean, how else could he say those words? The truth is, there are lots of things we worry about. So how can we not be anxious about anything? All right, Revelation time this morning. I want to reveal a very, very big, very, very important truth to you this morning. To help make this verse, what Paul just said, this command, if you will, from God's Word. How to make it possible in our lives. Are you ready? Here it is. Worry is something that you learn to do. I mean, really. You were not born a natural worrier. Now, some of us have perfected the art through the years, but you did not come into this world with the ability to naturally just worry about things. You learned that. And where did we learn that? Well, I believe there are two places that we learn to worry, to be worriers. First of all, we learn it from experience. The truth is that you and I have enough tread on our tires to realize that life happens. And life is not always fair. In fact, sometimes some of the bad stuff in life happens to you and I. It's just the way it is. Sometimes there is disappointment, broken dreams. Sometimes there are broken relationships and not everybody plays by the same rules that you do. We've got Kathy and I have two very, very dear friends. Chris and Jody Edwards. Jody is works at uh, Cincinnati. What's it called now? Cincinnati Theological Seminary. It's a, a big Bible college among our independent Christian churches in Cincinnati, Ohio. Chris and Jody are a wonderful couple. Just an amazing couple. Love the Lord. Have served the Lord most of their lives. And and Jody just finished up a couple of years ago her Ph.D. in counseling and is counseling with college kids, just in the last few weeks, they have two children, and in the midst of of starting up the new school year, the new year at college, and Chris with his new job, they put the kids in separate daycare centers, and so their schedule was all changed, all messed up. Well, here one morning, just a couple of weeks ago, Jody went to work, had their 11-month-old daughter in the back of her van got to work, forgot to drop her off at the, at the new daycare, left her in the car, was at work all day, got up over, to, over 90 degrees that day, and they lost their little girl. Right now, they are in the midst of what we just heard that Paul has gone through. There are people right now that are wanting them to, to be tried in court, want Jody to spend time in prison because of what she has done. And, you know, even I, as I have thought about it, it's hard for me to imagine. I can't imagine that she could do that, that it could happen. But it did. And I have thought and we have prayed about, about this and prayed for them and we have, have thought about all the things that are coming against them right now. And boy, you think if anyone has a right to worry, they would. But what does Paul say? He says, do not be anxious about anything. About anything. What, a, what, a, what seems like almost an impossible thing to do in our lives. So not everybody plays by the same rules. Sometimes hurt happens in our lives. Things don't go the way we think they should go. You know for a fact, based on your experience, that life does not always work out like you think it should work out. So naturally, we're anxious about what might happen because we know some of the things that happen are not good. Secondly, worry is something that we learn by example. We watch how people around us, when we are growing up, respond to different circumstances. We listen to the tone of their voice. We watch their expressions. Oftentimes, anxious parents raise anxious kids. We watched until we learned how to behave when circumstances get tough. What to do? Uh, what do we do when things are a bit out of control, when there is some uncertainty for us and we cannot fix it or resolve the situation? What do we do? Oftentimes we worry. We worry about all the possibilities. We play it over and over and over in our minds, and we even think about our past and how things have turned out for us before. And we get anxious because we remember what has happened in the past. Well, here's the good news this morning. If you have learned something, then you can unlearn something. And see, I think that's what Paul is trying to give us a clue into. We can unlearn this behavior of worry and being anxious. And Paul gives us some clues here in Philippians how to accomplish this. So let's read on again in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Let's read on, see what he says. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The first thing I think Paul is telling us is to acknowledge the seriousness of worry. And that worry is not going to help you at all. Being anxious about what is going on in your life isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, if I were to ask you this morning to give me a definition of worry, how would you, how would you define worry? What are some things that, that you would, you would say to define worry? Fear? Fretfulness? Um, you know, I, I don't know. What, what, just think about it for me. How would you define worry? Well, let me give you a definition of, of worry. What it literally means. Worry literally means a, a divided mind. Think about that. Worry is a divided mind. In other words, we're not sure what to do. Our minds are divided. We can't th- think straight when we allow our anxiety or our worry to go unchecked. And what a great test. What a great test to find out if maybe you've crossed over from that, that line of, from concern to worry. Is your mind divided? Do you not know what, what to do in this situation? You think you might do this or you should do that. What a great test. If we're not careful, worry then grows in our lives, and that anxiety can lead to all kinds of issues, such as pessimism. It stifles our relationships. We lose confidence, and it can even take us down the path towards depression. You want to know a truth? Worry is useless. It doesn't add value to your life. It does not provide a solution. It does not resolve any of the problems that you are facing. It is, as one author wrote, stewing without doing. <laughs> I like that. Stewing without doing. When I was a kid growing up, I used to go to the Indianapolis 500. How many, anybody in here have been to the Indianapolis 500? Am I the only one? I am the only one. Walt, you're from Indiana. You never went to the Indianapolis 500? <laughs> well, I used to love to go as a kid. I mean, it was it was a fun time. And I loved watching the race back then, especially there were times when I was able to get pit passes. And that's when you could be right down in the pits where the guys changed the tires and refuel the cars, which meant I got to be right on the track as these cars were speeding by at over 200 miles an hour. What a thrill. What a thrill. It's just amazing. But can you imagine, though, if the drivers got in their cars, stepped on the gas pedal, running the engine as hard as it will run, but never putting the car in gear? That would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? (laughs) It'd be loud is what it would be. Well, that's what worry is like. It burns up all the gas, but you don't get anywhere. It uses your resources. It takes away your ability and your strength and your confidence. It places burdens in your life that don't already exist. Solomon said it this way, An anxious heart weighs a man down. Proverbs 12.25 James Russell Lowell said it this way, Worry doesn't empty the day of its trouble, only of its strength. The second clue I think Paul gives us here is this. And this, what I just said, emphasizes my second point, which is this. Worry gets us nowhere. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Paul says everything. In other words, look at all the things that are going on in your life right now and evaluate your perspective towards them. What is it that you are worrying about and why? Why are you worrying about it? It might help to make a list of all the things that you're anxious about. And I would even challenge you, if if in your mind you're thinking, well, I'm just concerned about this, go ahead and write it down. Because you may find that it's a lot deeper than than a concern. But write them down and take a close look at them. How many of those things do you have a temporary perspective on? How often are we looking at those things without God engaged in the midst of them? How often are we looking at things that we can or cannot do? You know, there are some things you just, there's nothing you can do about it. There really isn't. One of the reasons we worry is because something is out of control. You know, like most men, I'm a fixer. I want to always fix things in my life in my wife's life, <laughs> in the lives of my kids, in my organization. You get the picture. We, we men, I mean, you, you wives, you know what we men are like. You come tell us something, we want to fix it. Well, what I'd really, what I really want to do is have a show of hands from you guys who, who have already fixed your wives, you know, you, you, you've you accomplished it and don't raise your hands now. <laughs> we don't want to have a big fight here. <laughs> you know, she's now more perfect than she was, you know. See, that's the way we guys are. We want to fix things. But how much, how much anxiety does it cause when things are not right in our wives' lives or in our children's lives or in the organization that we work for? And we want to make it right. We have to fix it. But the reality is, is that these are the kind of things that cause stress in our lives. When we try to be someone that we're not supposed to be or try to do things that we are not supposed to do. The truth is, is that we all, I believe, want to be a solver of problems in our lives. We want to resolve things now. But there are situations in our lives, sometimes it just can't be fixed. Our perspective comes from what we can see, what we can do, what we can manage. That's where our perspective comes from so often. And sometimes we cannot do any of these things. And so Paul says, but in everything, but in everything make your request." Thirdly, worry takes away my ability to create a strategy to deal with the problem. And you see, there's, I think there's a dynamic that takes place here that Paul's trying to tell us. We need to have a strategy, and God's Word gives us a strategy to deal with the problems in our lives. But that doesn't always mean that they're going to be fixed, especially from the perspective that we would like to see them fixed. Worry has never paid a bill, never found a cure, or solved a problem. Worry just takes our confidence and our strength away. It adds burden to our lives. Let's read on in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Because Paul invites us to invite God into the situation. Let's read on. Do not be anxious about anything... But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, it goes beyond our ability to understand or know. And I tell you, so many of the problems in our lives, we just can't understand them. Seriously, I mean, really, just like with Chris and Jody, I, I finally had, as I have thought about them and and just went through my mind over and over what they're going through. You know, I finally realized that there's no way to explain this. There's no way to justify it. You can't. It's totally impossible. So, what does Paul say to do? Invite God into it. Let God come into it. And then things can begin to happen. When we invite God into our, the situation, somehow, somehow, God is able to bring peace into our lives when we trust Him with the circumstances. That peace will guard, will guard your hearts and your minds, Paul says. And what does he say to do? Pray. Present your request to God. That doesn't mean you need to have some book of prayers that you take off the shelf based on that particular situation. It doesn't mean that you have something memorized or some formula. Prayer just simply means that you bring to God what is on your heart, what you are anxious about, what is causing you stress, what is beyond your control. You're saying to God, I'm beginning to get stressed on this. I can feel it. I'm worried about this. Help me. Please help me with this situation. Let me recognize that you are in the middle of this and you will go with me through these circumstances. You know, the truth is that we can do a lot of other things sometimes besides pray. Somebody said if you spend as much time praying as you did worrying, you'd have a lot less to worry about. And you know, that's really what Paul is saying here. He says, if you're worried, pray. And if you pray, no need to worry. We need to change that song. Says, instead of saying, don't worry, be happy, we need to say, don't worry, pray. <laughs> Someone needs to write a new song. We need to recognize that there is a much bigger story going on. And that, that it is God... Who is writing his story? And he is writing it in your life and in my life. And the truth is, is that he is the one who ultimately is in control. We need to see that our worries in the grand scheme of things are so temporary and so useless. And I know when we're in the middle of it, it doesn't seem temporary. But Paul's invitation is for us to pray. And then he says to focus on that which is positive. Let's go on to verse 8. This is so cool. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So Paul says, don't get stuck on the negative. Look at the positive. In other words, look at the things in your life that are going well right now. Look at how God has been engaged in your life. Look at the way blessings have occurred over your lifetime. And remember those things and dwell on those things. Recognize how God has been at work in your life. Don't get stuck just looking at all all the potential disaster, but rather look at what God is able to do because worry only exaggerates the problem. Now here's Paul's very simple solution. Instead of worrying, talk to God. And when you catch yourself beginning to worry, let those worries be shaped into prayers. In other words, tell God, Be honest with him. I mean, he already knows what's going on. So tell him that you're anxious. You might even say to him, I can't help it. (laughs) I really can't help it. But I'm worrying about this and I want to give it to you. And you may have to repeat that a bunch of times as you give that concern to him. As I finish this message this morning, I want to read from Peterson's translation in the message one more time. And I want to read this entire passage from Philippians chapter 4. And I want you to hear how, how he has worded this. Here's how Peterson translates this Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. Isn't that neat? It'll settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into His most excellent harmonies. You want to be in harmony with God this morning? Can you imagine? That's where God wants us to be, and I believe that that's where we all want to be, in harmony with God this morning. If you are worrying, pray. And if you've prayed, there's no need to worry. This morning, as we go into worship time and and on into communion, there may be someone here this morning who has something in your life that's causing you a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And I just want to give you an opportunity this morning if you want to come and talk about that and have people come around you and pray with you and pray for you and help you bring God into that situation, we want to do that this morning. And so as the worship team comes up, um, we're all going to stand. We're going to worship the Lord. And if at some time during the worship, if you feel you really want to come up and you've got something you want to share or just something you want prayer about, Why don't you come on up, and we'll do that. And we will bring God into your situation. And you will be able to say, like Paul, in everything, in everything, bring it to the Lord. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.